Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Daniel. Daniel is the co-founder of EMF Radiation Protection Technology. Daniel is an author, consultant, writer, and speaker, and is a frequent guest on national radio and television. Daniel, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Alexandria. I, I really uh, I'm excited to chat with you today, oh. and your audience as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Daniel, is it correct to say you're joining us from Sarasota, Florida? We are, yeah. We we we're right. We're actually between Sarasota and Tampa, right in the middle at St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg is beautiful. I've been there. I went there last year. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. You know, it's it's funny. Ten years ago, half the buildings were empty. Uh, it was in a declining city, but today you can't afford to live there. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. really um, that exciting for people. So. I, I love walking. Um, is it like the promenade? And then you have like this big restaurant at the end of the promenade. That is where I yes. went. It's be- yeah. absolutely beautiful. Beautiful view, beautiful atmosphere, just completely beautiful. Daniel, what is EMF radiation? You know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, electromagnetic radiation was in the air. The cell phones just began coming out at the time. The Wi-Fi's were just coming out at the time, and and then if you fast forward to today, those sources are ten times what it was ten years ago. So your cell phone, the cell tower, this your phone itself, the Wi-Fi, all of those devices transmit an electromagnetic radiation signal. And uh, those signals are changing as we evolve. Uh, There's argument and challenge around 5G. So that is also electromagnetic radiation. But believe it or not, when you're drying your hair from when it's wet, electromagnetic radiation is coming out of the the dryer that's in your hand. It's low, low frequency electromagnetic radiation, which is different than the cell phone, which is RF, radio frequency radiation. So it's all around us. And if a a device is operating electronically, it's producing electromagnetic radiation. If you're using a laptop, tablet, or cell phone, it's electromagnetic radiation. Wow. Daniel, how did your journey begin? So I know you have a science background and I know your wife had a, a big role to play with her intuition. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, it's probably almost 15 years ago, my sons who were adult men were visiting and um, they had a laptop on their lap and they were using it for several hours because they were doing business uh, when they were visiting on, on the holidays. And it, it turns out my wife all of a sudden decides that that can't be good for you. And yes, you're right. I do have a scientific background. I, I actually understand this stuff pretty well. And I, I said, you know, that can't be true. That's not a bad thing. But I, we paused a little bit and we said, let's go take a look at science. What does science say? What does medical research show? And we were really surprised. There was a lot of information that said electromagnetic radiation may be harmful, and in this case, harmful to the male sperm over within three to four hours of use, something like 20% of the male sperm becomes immobile. (gasps) And I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And so that started the journey, a a journey we really didn't think about finding uh, that path, but we actually ended up going on that path. And because of my background, I was able to help uh, find an understanding that people can 
other people can understand because it's a complicated space. And we also provide uh, started uh, finding shielding devices to help uh, those who had um, had uh, concern over those emissions um, when using personal devices. Wow, that is um, a very high number. And especially, for example, for young men. So imagine a young man that still hasn't had a family that would like to, at some point, start a family, the consequences and maybe the effects of, of the radiation. Alejandra, it is really true that like over the last 10 years or so, um, male fertility has become worse and worse and worse globally. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are many environmental factors, but I personally believe a very important one is the one having a device close to your body. With a, a, with a female, for example, yeah. she takes a cell phone and puts it in her back pocket. That's six inches away from her womb. It impacts the womb. It impacts the egg in the yeah. womb. So it's like... These things are going on and uh, there's trending that's going on sort of suggesting that there's an influence, but uh, it's really not as well known as it maybe should be. I'm currently in, um, I grew up in London, but I'm currently in Medellin, Colombia. And what girls tend to do here is they don't put their their mobile device in their back pocket. They put it in their front, just in their jeans to the side. So, so just in front of the ovary so because there's a lot of pickpocketing i i i did that for a bit until i could physically feel pain i was feeling ache just on top of my own and i was like i can't be doing this this is this is absolutely crazy yeah you you felt it physically yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah you know it's funny i um I, I wrote radiation nation it's a book that talks about electromagnetic radiation uh and i, I had a probably one of the most knowledgeable um, radiologist in the world, in the country, if not in the world. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man, a biochemist as well. And so uh, I had him read the book. And one of the things I talk about is the influence to the egg yeah. in the womb, that there's actually a potential for mutation wow. and, and, and DNA damage when there's such a close signal being transmitted. And he said to me, you know, I, I'm not sure that's really true. You know, like, you know, I've been around this stuff for a long time and, you know, I'm not sure it's really true. About two years later, he calls me up and he said, Dan, I had someone come in, a young woman come into my clinic. She had a stillborn child. And he said she was highly, uh, um, she was highly exposed with, electronic devices around her all the time. And, you know, Dan, I think you may have been right. And so the distance, as you just pointed out, is so close yeah. to the womb, there's a potential for mutating a cell. Some scientists think, Dr. Powell, for example, that within three generations, that constant closeness can severely hamper the growth of the human race. <laughs> I don't believe that, but some scientists think that's true. Wow. For, um, is it so with the world that's evolving, the world is now changing, working from home has become very popular. Is it harmful to put our laptop on our lap? I would recommend you do not put a laptop on your lap. Um, as I mentioned before about the male yeah. sperm, something like 20%. In female, it's something like 5%. Wow. It's, it's a fairly high number that influences the womb of the uh, the female and what we know actually from some science that uh, there is mutating cells that occur but they're not necessarily cancerous uh, but there is a small portion that evolved to cancer so just be conservative yeah. you don't have to put it on your lap <laughs> exactly exactly if you put it on a table that distance is enough to minimize the exposure to you so it's a good practice to try to take those devices and move them slightly away from your body and you're more safe with that distance if say if we um wanted to become even more super cautious is there anything else we could put yeah there's there, there are ways of shielding okay. um, uh, uh, the signal towards the body. 
Um, actually, that was one of the things I built my boys. I, I was a mechanical engineer by trade, although I worked in electrical environment for all those years. Um, I actually built a device to shield the signal from passing into the body when you have it on your lap. So there are devices you can find that actually, if you choose to have it yeah. really close to your body, you can choose to find ways of shielding that the, um, that signal. Does the same go with cell phones? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Okay, so with cell phones, this is technical. It's 1.6 watts per kilogram. It's it's a it's a not a very strong signal. Um, and when you put that signal directly to your head, the standard in the U.S. is that that signal can go in one to two inches, and it can heat up the cells by up to two degrees. That is what is known as a thermal impact of an RF signal. Our signals are microwave signals. So when you put a piece of meat in a, in a microwave and you heat it up, you're oscillating the cells to heat up. The, you're heating the water that's oscillating the cells to heat up the, the whatever you're yeah. heating up. That is a microwave signal that's being used in your cell on your head. So when it's really close, it's one to two inches, one to two degrees. That was standard was developed that's for six foot males. Wow. That's how they developed it over 30 years ago. And it was a thermal impact. Um, and so um, what do we know today? Almost everything about cell phones to the head is biological. In other words, you're influencing a cell. You're not cooking the cell. Yeah. You're, you're changing the cell based on that influence. And for a male, it's one to two inches. In contrast, you have a child, six-year-old child using a cell phone. It goes completely through their head. So, in effect, the standard that we have in the U.S. represents roughly 3% of the population. That's how old and antiquated the, it yeah. is. That was worried about thermal. It, the biological is what we're really worried about. And we're especially concerned with children using it wow. at early age. And now in the world we live in, we see parents just to quieten the baby down, just to distract him, just to kind of just to have that moment where it be in the home, where it be in a restaurant, wherever they are. And you see them, you see them. And children have their own tablets now. They have their own electrical devices. And you're just like, it's a baby. Like, what are we doing? Absolutely. You're so correct mm -hmm. that. We don't know what the influence will have in time for a six-year-old. Our experiences only for the last 10 years or so when it began becoming so dominant in our lives. And so we already know that there's a roughly 2% compounded growth of, of frontal lobe cancers uh, from cell phones. And... That's for people that use it for 10 years or more. Wow. Now you have children yeah. using it, a six-year-old, yeah. and the, it's a lifetime. Yeah. We really don't know what the impact is, but I'm thinking it's not so good. No, no. Um, Daniel, what about, for example, EMF exposure on pregnant females? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to that. I, I don't know why, but I'll give you uh, some data. Um, there was a study that was done in San Francisco um, probably now six years ago or so, and they took um, women who were in their first trimester. Yeah. They gave them a monitor, a, a RF monitor, and they just tracked where they went for a period of time. I don't recall what the time was. And then they accumulated the data, and what they found was when the pregnant women were in high levels of exposure, they were three times more likely to have, uh, have miscarriages. Oh, no. Three times more likely when it was high levels of RF in their environment. Um, and so those set of data 
are concerning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. But I'll go back to the male sperm exposure yeah. and the closeness of an RF signal. You got to be crazy uh, to expose your child in the womb to an RF signal at such a young age in such a formative yeah. time of that child. And there is clearly influence. ADHD is actually been uh, associated with that kind of exposure in that kind of environment. So um, again, I'll, I'll say it again, it's precaution yeah. at the earliest age is pretty important these days. A hundred percent, especially when when it's not out there, we're not being told on billboards. We're not being told on the leaflets that yeah. comes with the uh, with the internet router. We're not being told when we buy a um, a cell phone. We're not being told anywhere. Yeah. So unless we are going out of our way to to learn, to edu educate ourselves, to tap into our intuition, to be curious, how how will we? Uh, Alexandria, if you buy a cell phone and you look at the packaging, you'll have inside that packaging. A, a, a pamphlet. I can't read it. It's so it's tiny. <laughs> so I can't read it, right? At the very bottom, it says, don't put it close to your head. It says, don't put it roughly yeah. one inch to your head. It says it. But there's no admission about any liability whatsoever. Um, so you're right. No one really has a public knowledge of the, the, the potential dangers. There are scientific communities. Well, there's a good story. The scientific community, to some extent, re revolted on the standard that the FCC produced. And a few years ago, um, Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy, led a charge and brought the FCC to court in which they lost. And what they talked about was, we understand a lot about science of the connections and the FCC didn't look and investigate that. And so the court basically said, you got to do a better job and look at the modern science because you did not. They, they, some argue it's a, a captured audience. Some argue that there is so much money in the yeah. telecom space that they influence the FCC. Um, and there's actually no question whatsoever they have people that were in the industry now governing the industry. Wow. Uh, and that's, again, I keep on saying this. It's you who yeah. you gotta, who gotta worry about protecting yourself, not your governments. Yeah. Um, and it's, and learning, as you pointed out, is so yeah. important. Learning about the subject is actually very important. Yeah, and it's such a big industry because sometimes with a phone we get a contract and it gets renewed every two years. So it's like sometimes we're hooked. We're hooked into even if we don't want to change, we have to change because then there's faults, then it's become slow, then there's so many things. And, right. and the applications, the colors, it can be extremely addictive as well. Oh, there's no, oh, yeah, that's entirely another problem with yeah. the, right? And there is, when you look at the monitor, you know, we talked about what our, what, what electromagnetic radiation is, okay? We, we talked about the sources of it. Do you know your monitor generates a blue signal, right? Uh, a, a signal that is a visible electromagnetic radiation. It's visible light. Yeah. And it's coming from your monitor, and that's going after premature macular degeneration. It's going after uh, dry eye. Yeah. It's going after a lot of chronic problems that are evolving from these monitors. So to your point, it's not just the RF signal necessarily. It's other things as well that are related to it that sort of are impacting our, our lives in, and, in a negative way for our bodies. Daniel, what sources of EMF radiation are the most concerning? Because we have so many products. We have cell phones. We have the Wi-Fi router. We have tablets. We have um, the watches. We have our laptops. We have computers. Sometimes, depending right. on how many members of the family there is, there will be laptops, computers, um, dev electrical devices as well per member of the family. So 20% of us are sensitive to RF signals. Wow. 
there where electro hypersensitivity is what they call it. Of that, that is exponentially grown over the last several years. So where it was 5% 10 years ago, it's roughly 20%. I know clinics that I work with that think it's higher. Of that number, something like 80% of those who are affected are women. So we know from the studies we're doing that there is becoming a reaction from the body to some argue is a toxin, that this RF signal is a toxin. So you have that dynamic that's going on where um, our bodies is trying to recover. So that is a pretty serious concern, particularly when you start going after 5G and the kind of technologies they're using there. So, so that's one concern. The one that I think is very concerning is the impact to the, to the mind, the brain. We know that when you're severely hypersensitive, yeah. it can be pretty serious. I'll, I'll tell you a story about um, one electric hypersensitive person. They came into a clinic in a wheelchair. Wow. And it was a debilitation that ultimately they found was directly related to where he worked. He was working in uh, an environment where there was a lot of RF, uh, excuse me, electro, electromagnetic, a lot of electromagnetic radiation. And it bothered him so much that he could barely walk. That's how debilitating it got for him. Most of people are not that way. They get headaches, yeah. the, the hands tingle, it, it, not as severe. But in his case, it was severe. When he was um, awake, his brain pattern was asleep <gasps> and vice versa. So the alpha and beta were completely reversed. Those were changes in the brain that were occurring. And this clinic's uh, opinion was directly related to the exposures he had. So I'm more concerned in a sense for that problem. Why? Because of schools. And everyone's in school. They all have their laptops. They all have their cell phones. They all have the Wi-Fi in the classroom. And that kind of concentration of emissions is, some argue, is impacting the brain. The brain is the master of the body, right? And so, like, there's a lot of things that occur in a negative way as a result of that. Say with the case you mentioned with the with the gentleman, how did he know? Because sometimes after further research, after further so much, then we're like, okay, maybe it could be this. Finally, it could be this. Maybe it could be EMFs after so much studying. Yeah, you are right. The medical community does not see the, the, the messaging yeah. from the body. In this case... He was electric hypersensitive himself, and he he couldn't go near a Wi-Fi wow. without it. And what happened with him, he was involved early on with cell phones introduction in Australia, and uh, he had very high exposures very early on as an adult male, and um, he became hypersensitive. So he knew what to look okay. for. He was now with a clinic research. He had his own clinic, and he specialized in electromagnetic radiation. And he looked all he looked at all the biomarkers you look for. Um, you know, for example, um, your gut responds to electromagnetic radiation sometimes in a negative way. Um, there is what is known as uh, DEV-C, which is a bacterium in the human body that elevates when exposed to RF signals. And what, what it is, is those bugs like RF, yeah. so they multiply. And, and so that's one of the classic uh, biomarkers that you can look for. And he had extremely high elevation, which by the way, DEV-C at high elevations can kill you. And so like he had all these biomarkers um, and, and, and Dr. Court, uh, 
understand and recognize them. So he methodically worked with that, he, that person's body to deal with some of those important biomarkers. Eating habits were not right. Mm -hmm. um, sleeping habits were not right. So there were all sorts of things that were creating susceptibility of the body because they just didn't realize that the exposures they were in and the weakened state of the body because of no lack of exercise, all the kinds of things that give us a, a resilient body were not in place and it got pretty severe for him. Wow. That's, that's, um, luckily he had the information. Luckily he knew, right? He, he knew yeah. what goes behind it. What could it be? So he was able to get to help Daniel. How might 5G be more harmful than previous cellular networks? So if anybody tells you they know what will happen in 5G okay. in the deployments, they do not know what they're talking about. This is why we have absolutely no understanding whatsoever on 5G's higher rates that are being introduced. Uh, 5G is really based on a whole bunch of stuff we really do understand already. The signals are in the area we currently have in the marketplace today. So it's not introducing anything we don't already know. But then there's a whole new set of RF that could be, and let me be specific. Um, when you have a, a cell phone, the, you, there's a frequency to that cell phone. Um, it's about one gigahertz. Let me explain what a gigahertz is. A gigahertz, one gigahertz is a signal that passes a point. So one hertz is one cycle per second. When you have a billion, when you have um, a one gigabyte, a gigabit uh, signal that cell phones work at, that's a billion cycles in one second. With 5G, they can go up to 300 billion cycles per second, three gigahertz. And that's the, that's the p issue. We really have no experience having signals in our environment that go up so high. And so we really don't know with any scientific knowledge uh, of what the impact will be. And that's the dilemma for it and the conflict actually in the marketplace. There's that we don't know and why are you deploying something we don't know yet. I talked about the bugs in the yeah. stomach, right? We know, for example, at 20 gigahertz, which is in the 5G yeah. range, the higher 5G range, bugs love that in the stomach too. So the lower rates, which we understand, seems to relate at the higher rates, but even worse. So, but that's, it's not scientific documented, statistically sound data. We just don't know. I would be a little concerned in deploying something we don't know much about. That's such an amazing, yeah. aggressive uh, deployments. A hundred percent. Daniel, does airplane mode help? Yes. Yeah. What is airplane mode? So people know it allows you to receive yeah. stuff, but the transmitter is off. So th that emissions into your environment is prevented. And that's a good thing. And uh, and that points to a, a pretty general rule. Um, when, 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 when you have more and more and more signals from an environment, that is worse and worse and worse for you. So when you have airplane mode and you, and you put it in airplane mode, you're reducing the exposures in that environment. So the general rule is, 1B, as an yeah. analogy, 1B uh, won't kill you, a 1,000 will. So what you want to try to do is reduce those numbers of signals, like in airplane mode, by putting in an airplane, you're reducing one of those B stings. And so as a general rule, reduce the number of transmitters in, an, in your environment and where you live and in what room you're in. So, um, a cell phone, you have Bluetooth, 
you have Wi-Fi, you have um, cell phone, you have three different transmitters, three out of your cell phone. Do you need three? I I don't use three. I turn one on the cell tower uh, so mm-hmm. I can use my cell phone. So by I've reduced it by to a third by simply turning off two transmitters in my cell phone. Daniel, what do you think of electrical appliances in the bedroom? So sometimes we see people in the bedrooms, they have their office, they have a desk with their computer, they have a TV as well. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I consider it extremely important to create a sanctuary. There is, without any doubt whatsoever, an RF signal, a extremely low frequency signal, can influence the brain. And so when you have a cell phone next to you on the nightstand and your husband has a cell phone on his nightstand, um, there can be sources of influence that disrupt the brain pattern. So I was on a podcast with a wonderful lady, brilliant lady, and I said, it's a sanctuary. Get all that stuff out of your room. And she was very pleasant. And she, and she was, oh, thank you so much for telling me this. Oh, no. She what I was saying. <laughs> and so I, about two weeks later, she called me up and she said, my husband and I are sleeping. We took the cell phones out of the room. So, like, she was a non-believer, but, but mm-hmm. it, it is true. It doesn't take much to disrupt the brain pattern into sound sleep. And, and in fact, with blue light, we were talking about that before, right? If you're looking at a monitor when you're going to bed, uh, you, you're watching TV on your laptop or any of those kinds of things. When, when you're looking at that screen, the blue light is from those monitors are going into your eye. And there is what is known as a cryptochrome protein. Yeah. That's in the back of the eye. That's the little switch that says, let's open up that um, melatonin. And so when you're looking at that monitor, it's not opening up that switch for melatonin. So if you decide to go to bed two minutes after you've been yeah. off the monitor, you're not because the cycle of melatonin has not been activated. So even that, you got to be careful about it. The rule of thumb is at least one hour before you decide to go to sleep, you turn it off. So the cryptochrome protein can turn on and, and give you the, the proper body uh, functions operating in a cycle of uh uh, that, uh, wow, thank you for cycle. those tips. Um, even sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I hear people, um, when they have multiple layers, more, multiple floors, I hear people on, I, who was it? Was it Anjali on her podcast? She says how she they keep their mobile device before they go to bed on the floor below. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you want your, yeah. it's a sanctuary and, Everything, every toxin potentially that can influence your sleeping pattern as well. And and by the way, the reason why, and I know you know this, but I'll be clear: mitochondrial repair occurs yeah. at night when you're sleeping. So if you think you, if you don't have a sound sleep, you may be disrupting patterns which are impacted during the day because you didn't quite recover because you didn't have the little engines in your body growing and recovering and and now all of a sudden you feel tired it it starts exactly exactly for the person that may still is understanding but did not quite get that bit how can we give them another example to break it down because sometimes they could be like yes but i've gone to Um, work yes i've done a meditation yes i've done this but sometimes we're not we're not given the full 100 percent, right yeah that's right so there are a lot of things that make you awake during the day and sound sleep is one of them but what i was referring to is another layer of detail that the mitochondrial cell is the little engine in the body. It is truly the catalyst for the body to recover from a day of exhaustion to uh, recovery when you wake up. And so if you have disruptive sleep, you're not getting into the pattern 
a sleeping pattern, which allows the mitochondrial to repair. Because it's not repairing, you come out of it and you may be tired during the day. You, you may be, you can't do as yeah. much athletics as you'd like to do because you seem fatigued. Mitochondrial repair is very, very important to guys who lift muscles, athletes who run. It's so important to make sure the circadian rhythm, which is what we're talking about, is balanced. And it's disrupted if you have not a clean sanctuary. Important, Potential. so, so important. Thank you for that, Daniel. Um, how can we protect ourselves and our family? So no electrical devices in the bedroom. Um, we have the laptop shield that we can we can buy devices. Um, we can do airplane mode. Um, is it does say for example when we turn the Wi-Fi off at night, does that have an impact? No question. I can have a little that? timer on my Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, you take a little a Christmas tree timer. You put it in the wall, turn it off at when you go to sleep. Mine is ten o'clock. Turn it on when you wake up. Mine is five o'clock in the morning. So I have it off. So it's not in the house at all. But let me talk a little bit about um, your, your your your. There are general rules: time, distance, and shielding. Time is. Um, if you're going to use a cell phone and you use it a couple of minutes, there is nothing to worry about. The signal and it's closest to your body on any device is not going to disrupt the cell to the point where you're in trouble in any way. It's when you use it for hours at a time. So it's time. Uh, I mean, duration, uh, it's duration of use. And then, um, then it's distance. Yeah. When you have a cell phone to your head, that's potentially the worst condition. If you have it four foot away or more, 98% of the potential danger is gone. So simply putting it away from you by four foot or more, you get pretty safe. So if you are diligent about time and duration, uh, 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 distance, you'd be fairly safe if you were really conscientious about making sure you you work those rules. Um, if you choose to have those devices for longer periods of time, as you said, you can use the shield. So it's time, distance, and shielding. What do you think is very trendy and, and very popular now? We see everyone with the AirPods that they connect. Oh. What do you think about that? Okay, so... A cell phone is 1.6 watts. Remember, just remember 1.6. It's a number, okay. right? And then Bluetooth, which is the communications path to the earbuds, yeah. is about a third of that. So it's like five, almost like four or five, dot uh, four or five watts per kilogram. It's, it's much lower, but it's in your yeah. ear. So what does that mean? Um, and by the way, they some of the devices communicate between each other and go through the head to make that happen. And here's what we know in science. We know it's potential yeah. that dot one watts, 15 times less the power level of a standard cell phone, can mutate a frontal lobe cell. So I am not a fan of earbuds that use Bluetooth for communications, not at all. Because if you're using it over long yeah. periods of time, there's a potential for risk. So my personal recommendation is you don't need it. Is there any <laughs> any anything else we could go to? Say, for example, we could do loudspeaker. But say, for example, if we're at a workplace we where it's very crowded, it's very noisy, any tips what we could do? Yeah. That that's a way of listening to something that you want to have private. And so on one side of the spectrum, it says don't use it at all, but you still have the challenge. On the other side, what is the best way to listen to music or uh, or what, what a, a cell phone call or whatever? What is the best way to do that? And that that is using earbuds 
that have acoustical connections. Okay. In other words, signals don't come up, the electrical signals that are creating RF or ELF can't go any further than the conversion to acoustics. In other words, we have these tiny little speakers that are, are taking the signal from your laptop, converting it to sound, and then putting it into a little tube. That little tube goes to your ear. I'm using one, by the way. And um, that ensures there is no exposure to any kind of signal that could potentially disrupt the brain. So for, for, ahead, for, for the person that doesn't know, how would they know? Because to the to the average person, it just looks like earphones. Would it say acoustic or how, how, how would it say? No, they pro probably wouldn't say acoustic, <laughs> but it's very, it's very simple. I'll show you. It's a tube. Okay, wow. It's a little tube. This is the speaker. It's converted. The electrical signal is converted, goes into this tiny little speaker, and it goes into a tube. Nice. And then on the other end, there's a little earpiece that goes into your ear. Perfect. Wow. It, it just goes to show what happens when we look into things, when we tap into information, that there are other ways of getting around our challenges and our problems. Daniel, what is your favorite book? <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a, it's weird it's uh, little women i okay I, I read it many 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 years ago and i and i kept on seeing the changes in the lives of women wow and it just i just it, i don't read books very often and i'm not compelled to read books but in that case it to me was just an interesting book so i always remember it Lovely. And knowing where you are now, what advice would you give to your younger self starting in your career? So th there are th there's ways of making money and there's ways of satisfying what you do, be having you satisfied, being satisfied with what you do. Uh, you always want to side to what you're having fun doing as opposed to how much money you yeah. can make. Uh, money almost is secondary, um, but um, happiness and um, and doing the things you love to do is never really work. And so uh, I encourage people to find a pathway to what they love to do, and hopefully money follows. Oh, that's so beautiful, Dan. Dan, I'm going to ask for an example, because how do we find peace in what we do? Because sometimes society pressure gives us this idea of success, and we go towards that, right? So it's like, how do we yeah. find the balance? How do we find peace in what we do? Because sometimes we may be in the corporate world, we may be in a job and it's like we go home with anxiety, we can develop PTSD, we can develop bad sleep patterns and it affects us and we don't know what to do. Yeah, you're right. And in, in fact, I was a clear case of that. I, I worked in corporate life for years and years and years and there was stress th that occurred as it related to the things I did that I had no control over. Um, and in contrast, I've been doing businesses for probably almost 20 years now where they're all what I want to do, doing things I like doing. And believe it or not, I don't have problems sleeping anymore. I don't have any problems with headaches or uh, anxiety, um, anxiousness. And that's because the path I'm on took me away from those bases I can't control to places I can control to some extent and have satisfaction in doing the things I enjoy doing. Powerful. Uh, Daniel, if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? You're the architect of your own destiny. Amazing. That's powerful. I love it. Beautiful. My, I've started this thing where my previous guest leaves a question for my next guest. And okay. my previous guest has left a question and she says, what is your biggest regret? And if you could go back and make a different choice or change it, would you? Well, it goes back to the corporate life. The regret was that I didn't do that yeah. sooner, find a pathway. And there was anxiety that occurred as because I didn't make those choices. So in hindsight, if I had made those choices sooner, um, I may have had more fulfilling life uh, when I did begin doing the things I like to do.
And then Daniel, tell me about your socials, your website. How can we connect with you? There's a lot of information on your website, a lot of articles, a lot of interviews you've been on. I'll give you that information. Uh, I always encourage people to read Radiation Nation because Radiation Nation tries to simplify yeah. a reasonably complex space. And it tells you what science knows. It tells you what the industry does. And it gives you suggestions on how you may want to deal with this environment. So I always rec recommend people to read Radiation Nation. Um, and you're right. Uh, we have in a website, DefenderShield.com, we actually provide a, a educational section in which we break down all the study work so people have a can read and learn a bit about what's going on in the environment. Um, and so it's a source that you can find. And if you choose to look for ways of providing shielding in your life, there's also product choices you can make. Perfect. Is Radiation Nation an, an easy read? It is. I wrote it for your grandmother. <laughs> I, I, re I really did because it's complicated. It's not right? easy stuff. Science is not easy. No, right. Right. And so I wrote it. So your grandmother, literally we did. And we, we, we talk about RF, uh, the sine wave that we talk about. We talk about it as waves in the ocean, right? We, we, we relate it to something you would understand. Um, and so, um, and that was our goal. We wanted to make sure it was, available uh, to educate the broadest markets we could find. So, I love it. Um, That's because science in its own is, is its own language with the frequency, with the hertz. With oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the words. And it, it's, it is really used as a sword in a war. Uh, I know they, some make this claim, others yeah. make that claim, and, and it's so deeply scientific. Um, you can't tell anything about what anybody's talking about. Um, and that's by, by design. It's not necessarily, it, it's people protecting their turf. Daniel, would you ever write a children's book explaining what um, Radiation Nation has, but converted in children's form? We, we have a book coming out. <gasps> When's it coming out? We, really, we very, very, very shortly. We're finalizing the graphics of it now, but we think it's so important yeah. to help, Kids understand, yeah. you know when I when, when I when I started Defender Shield, I will I wasn't sure kids would put it on their lap and use it, but it turned out they did. Yeah. Once once they began thinking about it and the parents started thinking about it, it really became part of their lifestyle, which I was so thankful for because it was the kids we were concerned about. I am most concerned about kids. A hundred percent. It begins with the adults. And sometimes if the adult doesn't understand the language, the science, let alone the, the child, right? But if it comes from the individuals that do like yourself directly to the children, then it's, it's with one time and effort and energy oh. because then the parent doesn't have to go on YouTube, educate themselves to then relay right. the information, explain it in, right. in a more simple way. But if it's done directly, that's perfect. Um, so I'll get you, I'll get you the book when it comes it, out. I'll try to remember to send exactly. it to you. Exactly. Great stuff. Um, Daniel, with regards to, um, if we could do one product out of everything to help, which one would you recommend? Would you recommend say, for example, if we're on, on our phone a lot or would you recommend if we're on the laptop a lot because it's duration right the the, the equation you gave me yeah yeah it is um i i think the most used device is the cell phone okay and um i'll tell you the story um i i designed the shielding for the laptop product we have and it didn't exist on the market. Um, and we developed these things ourselves. And I read a story about parents who bought um, a six-year-old child a cell phone. Um, in one year, a very healthy child, athletic, ate right, all the right stuff. Within one year, she had frontal lobe cancer and passed away. It was like a story for me that, I knew what I had designed for the laptop would work in a, in a cell phone. 
So that was our catalyst. Yeah. We said, let's make it into a, a, a cell, cell phones. I thought it was very, very important because everyone's on their cell phone all the time. So it would be for the laptop. I mean, for the cell phone. Daniel, do you do um, speeches like at conferences, at schools? I do. Yeah? I do. Yeah, I do it often. Yeah. I have one coming up very shortly, actually. So, yeah, I I I try to help people understand the, the conflicts in the marketplace. Uh, what, what are the facts? So you can, as the architect of your own destiny, figure out what you want to do. Perfect. Wow. That's, that's great stuff. That's beautiful to hear that we have leaders within the field that are stepping up and, and educating and, and in, especially in a, in a very gentle way, because sometimes we come across people that know the information and they're very arrogant about it. So then, so then you become very scared to ask questions, but with you, you give examples, you break it down and there's, there's, it's just so easy. You know, it's, it's funny. I have problems with some of those very well-known, very educated, but in a, inaccurate information that's being shared. Like, for example, um, I mentioned um, it, there was one scientist who thinks in three generations, the human, the human will not be able to reproduce as a result of these exposures. He doesn't understand statistics. What's the probability of every young woman taking a cell phone and putting it in their back pocket with a duration of time sufficient to mutate a cell? It's 5%, 10%. You know, so to talk about it in the context as a scare tactic is very wrong, in my opinion. What it is, there are facts about it. And you do have that influence. How how serious is it? Only time will tell. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, Daniel, do you have a question for my next guest? Are you the architect of your own destiny? I love it. <laughs> Are you the architect of your own destiny? Lovely, perfect, of your own destiny. Thank Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Gentle Touch. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being so honest. Thank you for just how humble you are in your information, in your experience, and for doing the work that you do for creating and being the, the founder of your business and allowing people to learn more, to educate them, to tap into their intuition and say, you know what, we need to change things. We need to where be buying products, where be reading articles, where be reading a book. And I can't wait for the children's book to come out. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for inviting me. I always enjoy having chats, particularly with people who really want to understand and share the information. So thank you for what you do. As well. Thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.